0: Hello there, and welcome to the Workplace Communication Podcast, a podcast dedicated to leaders who want to elevate team performance by refining leadership communication skills. And now, let's dive right in with your host, Lindsay LaPaquette.
1: Welcome back again, everyone, to another episode of the Workplace Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay LaPaquette. Today, we're going to be talking about the hidden powers of communication with Caroline Stagg. Following a degree in behavioral psychology, a career in corporate communications, and as a freelance journalist, Caroline Stagg turned to helping leaders and ambitious professionals maximize their critical skills and expertise to produce better results with less effort so they can find more fulfillment and enjoyment in their work
0: and in their lives.
1: So thanks for being here with me today, Caroline.
0: Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking to you.
1: Yeah, me also. I I said this to you before we started recording, but I think your work is very much aligned to... um, to the work that I do and and to some of the things that I think are really important uh, in the world. Um, Before we get into that, though, so you you know, you have a big focus on, on communication in your work. Can you talk us through uh, a bit of your career path and how you got to, uh, you know, communication being such a core focus
0: of the work that you do today? Yeah, sure. So I uh, had a very normal British education and, um, but at the uh, so when, as i came to the end of i guess what you would call high school i i, I just didn't really know what i wanted to do my uh the courses i've been doing were in uh English drama and German so they don't lead you in an obvious path um and so from there i did a bit of travelling uh went to australia and uh that kind of thing and uh my and i went to didn't know what kind of degree to you to to what qualification to go for really because i obviously had you know this ridiculous uh english german and uh uh theater studies yeah and so um what i actually just sort of I picked uh, because i had to pick a course and i just kind of like i don't, I don't know psychology which was uh, a lucky reason. i'm laughing because that's what i did too oh right <laughs> So, uh, um, and it was a science degree, not a, a humanities degree. So, it had loads of maths, which I'm not partic- I wasn't particularly good at. So, yes, was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was kind of shot myself in the foot a bit there. But uh, you know, qualified, and then um, at the end of that, I, I realised that what I basically qualified myself to be was a social worker, which hadn't been the plan at all. And um, as as much as i i you know really appreciate social workers, it just hadn't kind of i hadn't really you know factored that into the pan that that might be what you know what comes out at the end is oh you're a social worker and so um I just applied for and because i i didn't have a job I just applied for any job that I thought I could do, and um I applied for some jobs in advertising and things like that um but the job that I did get was um uh, and sort of apprentice editor on, um, I don't know if you have like the Girl Guides in the U. Oh, yes. I yeah. was a Girl
1: Guide. I was a Girl Guide leader.
0: So I'm yes. The girl <laughs> Guides magazine. Yeah.
1: I love it. We lived <laughs> parallel lives. <Yeah. laughs> because I also finished my psych degree and thought, now What I'm not sure I want to be a social worker, but I'm not sure where else to go. So, we must have uh, in any case, <laughs> yeah. Um, very interesting. Okay, so then editor of the girl guide magazine,
0: yeah. So, I yeah, that was exciting. And um, then I got offered um, a job on a business title, and I kind of thought, well, that seems to be something I understand a bit more how you would end up with that. So, I'm going to go with that. Um, and as I say, then I went to Australia, and um, when I came back from Australia. I had, Again, a sort of like, oh, I, you really need to get a job, and you haven't really kind of thought this through. Um, but I saw a a job being advertised in a financial magazine. So in Australia, I worked as a journalist in Australia. I was one of these kind of. I walked into the job uh, job center. And there was a job on the board saying, you know, apprentice, uh, you know, journalist wanted. So I just kind of went for that. So then, I got a car and I travelled around Australia. And then all of a sudden, I was sort of like dumped back in back into a very cold England, um, wondering, oh, am I going to end up living with my parents again? Then, and uh, <laughs> so I went to for this role, and um, I think. I think Australia was really good for me because I had I was on my own largely, and I had to be comfortable with just walking up to anyone and kind of finding out things and just going up to people and asking them because I you know how to get there or get here there and everywhere, and um, so in the interview one of the questions that I was asked was what what would you because we you know we did printing then (laughs) back in the day. Um, and said, "What well, what would you do if you came across a very difficult printer?" And I'd already worked with a lot of difficult printers, so I said, uh, "Oh, well, I think I'll uh, I think I'd be really nice to them." He was like, "Oh yeah, well, why is that?" And I said, "Well, you know, they—it's a very difficult job what they do, you know—and they, they, you know, they're poor old sausages, you know—they get all this sort of stuff put onto them, and they just, you know, nobody really appreciates how much hard work they do." And I could see he sort of was getting my joke, and he kind of smiled at me. And in that moment, I realized I just got the job, just because I'd not given a, a you know, a, a pat answer. And and made a joke in an interview, which I honestly didn't, it was no intention. I just, that's what came out of my mouth. And so, yes, then I, then I got into, um, proper publishing. So I was working on, um, Financial magazines, and then I uh, started working on. So I went to another company, and I worked on medical magazines. And then I did some freelance work for a sort of fairly famous in the UK publication called the New Statesman. I used to work on the supplements for the New Statesman, so it's a political magazine. So. And um, and then yeah, yeah. So I sort of had uh went into a as a, a sort of full on media publishing. Role, and um and then I started working freelance after that because my both my parents became ill and I needed to be flexible. I had children, so I um I started working freelance, freelance editing and that kind of thing. So that I think that was sort of so basically my whole life has been in communications, um and so I was very interested in communications and working with other people. I mean. I I would say that I am a, an introvert. I, I think this is another place where our paths cross. I think I've heard you describe yourself as being sort of more on that uh, aspect. So I um, yeah. So I, I I was very comfortable sitting at home, sort of you know editing away. But um, ultimately, yeah. So after my my parents passed on, I felt like this is the opportunity to to do something else. And actually, what I feel is, I, I sort of did a circle back into psychology, um, and then started working with leaders. You know, because I had had the corporate career, and I understood, you know, the kind of pressures that leaders come under, and how communication can um, sort of make or break you. In the way, you know, if you're not a good communicator, it can make or break you. Um, clumsy communications. Uh, can have huge impact, and people will work well for you or not depending on how how you behave with them so i I see that you know communication is part of behavior obviously and so um yeah so it's it's a, it's a very wide spread uh topic, but yeah, it's something that I'm fascinated in so i I went and studies and became certified in disc and um if you sit down for too long, I will probably get you to do the profile and uh and so i and then I sort of started my own business working you know developing how I could help um leaders have a greater time by by communicating better essentially mm. um, yeah so that's where. I-
1: so you and I have never spoken before, just for the listeners to know that this is our very first conversation and we only chatted a minute or two before we started recording. And and, um, and so this will not be the focus of the interview, but I just do have to say before we move forward that when I read the information you submitted related to our conversation, I thought, wow, this is so well aligned with the work I do. And then I listened to your life story and I'll do this in a real brief nutshell, but I lived in France (laughs) through university, um, also started my business after my parents had passed and I'm also DISC certified. And so this is really odd for me sitting here listening to you, listening to all these life experiences that have led you to doing the work that you're doing today and just thinking, wow, I feel like this was my life. And, And we've come to these places of both Feeling like communication is such a key part of of life and and of business. Um, And so, you know, you have said to me before that you believe that communication skills are the most important skills um, that anyone can have in, in business. And I'd love it if you could share with us a bit, what are the different impacts that poor communication can have on a business? Because you have uh, unlike my own experience, you have an interesting background of both sort of the internal communication side and then the external communication side of um, of communication also. So can you just run down some of the ways that uh, poor communication I guess can affect businesses for us?
0: Mm. I can give you a story about myself because i haven 't always been good at communication myself, and um, in one of my roles, so I was running a department. And, um, it wasn't till after I'd left that job that, uh, somebody told me how, um, I think, I think I was just sort of like very strict and kind you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't know, I had no idea that's how, how I came across. So, um, I, it was a shock to me when I, when I, I heard that, that, oh, God, you were just sort of, so sort of harsh and strict and, um. That's because I, I just really wanted the work to be good quality work and I really wanted them to be the best that they could do. And I but I it was stressful. Um there was a lot to do and I was in charge of it and I was the kind of person who was always in before everybody else and went home after everybody else. I did give it a lot to that job. Um and obviously I was a bit snappy sometimes and that <laughs> but it was really upset. Well not upsetting, but it was just a bit of a wow, okay. And I hadn't even realized that that was what I did. So I, I I think that a lot of the time people don't understand how they come across. It's not intentional. It's just the way they come at life, perhaps, or, or just a way that they've learned works for them, but it doesn't work for everyone else. And that can be career defining, I think. Um, It doesn't matter how skilled you are. I think that communication is one of those skills. If you don't communicate well, it it can be career limiting. And uh, and you know, if if you've got great other great skills, that's a shame for the world in a sense because you know you've got something to bring to the world. It's just that you don't put it across very well. Um, And it's it's a thing to work on. I think it's a thing to work on for everyone, whether it's internal, as you say, uh, with your colleagues. But also externally, if you're not, you know, then you're a bit off-putting to work with and people maybe don't choose your company because there's that thing that you're always going to do and they find annoying or or you're a bit too full on or um, that's not me, (laughs) I'm more likely to be not enough full on. But uh, yeah, so I think it can have such an impact. And when you see... uh, people who are great communicators, who just everything is much more smooth, isn't it? Everything works more smoothly. Uh you feel like they get you and you know, all of that. It's just so important. So it's something that I've um made a business of working on myself in, if you like. Um and uh yes, and 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 I wasn't very comfortable in, with public speaking at all in my roles that I had in business and so I, but I realised that that was something I was going to have to tackle and so I I did Toastmasters. I'm the current president of a Toastmasters group. Uh, yeah, so there's nothing like the fire to um, help you, you know, understand how, how your your communication style shall we say. And uh, even the other day, I hadn't given a speech at my Toastmasters group for quite a long time because I just sort of sit back and be the president sometimes. And um, I decided to give a speech and I was actually nervous because I hadn't given a speech for such a long time. It just made me think. Now that actually, I thought that was great because it put me back in touch with, the, you know, how, how nerve wracking that can be when you first use your public speaking. And I hadn't been in that place for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, good on you for looking at that feedback you received, because uh, it really is, I guess, the starting place of growth, right? To be able to hear these comments that we might at first think, you know, what are you talking about? That's, you know, that's not what I'm, that's not how I intended that. Uh, But to be able to step back from that initial reaction and look at, okay, what what am i maybe doing that is is being perceived in a way that is not the way I'm intending it to be perceived and what can i do to shift that and i was i was just um, on a call before we started recording with someone who um you know has been in management for many many years and he was saying how back when he was in his early days of of, of managing um and leading a team how similar to the style you described right you know telling people what to get done and keeping them accountable and and being described you know he said to me my team did not like me, but I think over his career he um you know received some feedback that may have not been the most fun to receive, but but took it in a way where um, he chose to uh, step into learning and growth, and that's an uncomfortable space I find to be in. I mean, I've had those experiences myself in life, and I continue to because you know despite speaking on and teaching communication, that doesn't mean I communicate perfectly all the time with everyone, nor do I think that's a realistic goal. But there's always those spaces to look at. Um, like you said, communication, when it flows, well, there's just an ease, even around difficult conversations, differences of opinion, And I'm always searching for, you know, how can how can we bring more of that into our lives? So yeah, I just love that you, you took that. Uh, as a step towards that and now bring it into your business. So can you share with me, what are some of the epic communication fails that you have come across through your
0: career? Um, well, I think there's one, um, one I sort of have one, a team member, you know, came to complain to me about another team member. And um, she was saying, I mean, he, he won't listen you know. he just keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. He won't listen, you know? And I was thinking, why, do, why do people do that? And, uh, and then I, I realized it was like, uh, she wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, and so she was, what, what happened was that, you know, she, she came to me to complain about someone who was listening, but I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't get her, I, she wasn't listening to me. And I, I was sort of like trying to unpick it with her, she wasn't listening to me. And um, and I sort of thought, okay, yeah, well, you know, this had become quite a big issue for her. And I sort of thought, well, yeah, I see. The, the reason you're not getting, you know, they're not getting it is because you're not getting it. And so they were both sort of stuck saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> Somebody had to go in and, uh, to, you know, you just need to listen to each other, I think. You know, it's just such a... Uh, an obvious well you know from my perspective it became such an obvious thing but it took them quite a while to learn to speak to each other in a sense um when actually it was what they needed to do was just to listen they were, you know they needed to be heard and i think there's a huge uh thing about people wanting to be understood you everybody wants to be understood don't they um in all aspects of life but if you're, if it's a colleague and there's an ongoing thing and you just can't be understood, I think it's it's sometimes a problem with the listening rather than the speaking. And um, if you can just listen properly, then you can the other person can feel like gotten that they've, they you you get them, you understand where they're coming from. It may not solve the problem, but actually now you have a platform from which to start unpicking the problem. So I think that that was the most, it was almost comical, really, uh, you know, a sort of one that sticks in my mind where everybody's saying, you know, the other one doesn't listen. And like, Let's all just listen for a minute, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah, and ultimately quite simple if if we're rather drawn out. Yeah,
1: we get stuck in those patterns, I think. And, and that's always a sign of, you know, when, when, when the dynamic isn't going anywhere, you know, to, to take a moment and look at, okay, what, what, what can I do differently? Because continuing the same way is obviously not working, but I think we can get stuck in that sometimes without realizing it. And I think that sometimes that outside perspective can give you insight that is hard to have when you're, um, you know, the person involved. Although I'll also say that depending on who you seek insight from. Uh, you know, you can certainly uh, uh, ask for validation that you're the one in the right from from certain people, and and get it. And maybe that's not necessarily what you need is you know not to hear who's right or wrong, but how how, how can we do something differently to to get through this instead of say sort of sort of staying gridlocked. Um, do you have some tips then? So you were talking about how listening is is a big key. So what kind of things um, would it be helpful for
0: people to be listening for i think one of the things um i i sort of work with is, is helping people um, understand how how to get so, you know how to make someone feel that gotten that i was talking about and um and so i there's a sort of win-win um conflict thing that i i do with people where you you know nobody's getting out of it without everybody getting out of it and and the idea is that ultimately both of you come out with um an outcome that is better than either of you could have expected if you like um but and it, and it is it involves that very careful listening because i think we one of the things that we tend to do is we uh, we think we're listening, but really what we're listening to is what, what what we want to hear or what we think we've heard um and so it it's it's a sort of really difficult exercise sometimes to get people to do, but to really listen for the other person and so i I help people uh so you have to listen to the other person and then you the other person has to reflect back to you what they heard. And so that gets really get the can get you really clear. So if you you're you're really trying to say the things, okay, so you think that when I say mm, this, what I really mean is this. Is that is that right? Is that what you're is that what you're hearing? And until the other person says yes, you 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 know, you're not off the hook. You still and what happens is that you have to really make the other person feel Gotten, you're not. You haven't solved anything, but the the point is that you've really heard them. The point where they feel really heard, even though the problem isn't solved, it starts starts to be like a much more malleable problem, and then you switch so that you're you're doing the same with the other person, so they get to put their you know to say genuinely what what their problem is with you, and then you then the other person gets to say, okay, so what I heard you say was. And so it's like, okay, now we're actually talking on a level field, if you like. Everybody has heard what the other person heard. And then and then I think so often that just kind of helps just it falls away. Or humor appears. And when humor appears, then we're all getting out of there alive. (laughs) Yeah. I guess too, it
1: develops like a shared understanding of what's the actual thing we're we're talking about here. And I will throw in that the irony is not lost on me that um these are all skills that are taught in social work school and that you and I both sort of you know evade that path and yet found ourselves back um with this with these kind of uh with these kind of work. And I, I will say from my perspective, so coming from uh I, I went into a sort of tangential field to social work, but Um, when I was first being taught these skills through counseling courses, I would take, um, they felt awkward and fake to me because they were not things I had learned, you know, until that point. And so to say, you know, am I correct in understanding that you, you know, blah, 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 it felt very rote and, and I didn't like using it. However, The more I practiced it, the more I learned to say it in a way that didn't sound memorized. And the more I started to actually care, I would say, too, because I think maybe when I started, I'm not sure if I actually yet cared about the other person's perspective. I was still stuck in wanting to prove my own. But the more I practiced it, the more the better I would get at it and the more I would start to gather info from people, which then led to me actually caring about their experience. And so, um, you know, for anyone listening, thinking, I can't do that. That just sounds, that's not how I talk. These, these are absolutely skills that can be developed and start to become, I'd say quite natural, not overnight, but, um, yeah. I, I And that, so I, I just think this is to me, too. This is the key to really working through through conflict and, and relationship and creating that ease that you talked about. Um, so do you have so we've talked about listening. Do you have any other tips around facilitating communication, you know, whether that's in from a management perspective or within a team?
0: Oh, yes. Um so one thing I was thinking of uh, as you were saying that was um, about integrity integrity and trust because I think wherever leaders can create trust is a huge, it breaks down huge barriers and it just makes a lot of things you know, so much easier, smoother, quicker. Um, so it's a, it's a big thing for a leader to take on you know, having everybody trust you, I think. But I it, I think it's so worth it because I think if if you if you the people who work for you with you uh, have trust in you, then everything goes much more smoothly. And there's a it's, there's like a an alliance almost that we're in this together. And I trust you, and you trust me, and I don't want to let you down, and you don't want to let me down. And so I I, sort of, I think those um, attitudes and behaviours are so important. Um and I also think feedback is a really, really important tool for leaders. Um and I think it's a really important tool for them to trickle down to other people. So it's like when when you you know that people should invite freedom um uh, uh, feedback rather than um avoid it, because I think we can all get feedback can oh don't know if I want to hear that. But actually, if everybody in the business embraces feedback, whether it's good or bad, uh, so much, you know, becomes available to people and, and, and that feedback can, you know, lead, lead into support and challenge and, uh, you know, some more trust, uh, so I think that's, that's a really important, those, those two things are really important for me anyway. And I was looking at, um, some management documents of a, of a company this week, because I'd like to nose about other you know, what other people put out on the internet. And I was looking at uh, a management hierarchy of needs, which I think was really interesting as if you can create, uh, a sort of freedom and trust and, Uh, for people in your business and also support and challenge um with with your communication i think that's you know that can create an amazing business i think a lot of the times it's people want to feel that they're more than just somebody who works in your business and that very some people are very good at uh, just helping people feel noticed, you know, as they say sort of pass or see them on their day. Oh, hi, you know, how are you feeling? How's how's the dog? Or you know, whatever. Those people who have that memory, and and I, I think it isn't does it doesn't need to come naturally. I think there's people putting in an effort to make you feel that you're more than the person that runs that department. You're more than the person that you know does the, the salaries or or whatever. I think that creates a, a an atmosphere that is so much bigger than just those words. Um, so I sort of think those kind of leadership skills, which um, are communication skills again, you know. Uh, but I just I can see sometimes in young people that they they are very fluent in those skills, and sometimes in older people who have ext- you know big big jobs uh, that they they take. Uh, more out of that person it takes more from that person to uh to, to give that to other people in the business
1: yeah and and like you you've sort of alluded to before talking about different um you know communication styles although i think everyone wants to be heard and understood i think the level of connection that different people need um is different and and sort of learning how do you bridge that gap uh so that that Someone who doesn't have the same needs or the same style as yourself still feels hurt, which is uh, which is definitely a, a tricky thing to do. But I do think what you're saying about um, the environment at work that that creates. You know, I was thinking back to some of my previous roles and when I chose to leave, feeling heartbroken about leaving the, the team and the people. Right, the the relationship piece was. Well, you know, although there's always there's always bumps, but um, just a really strong factor of what drew me and kept me in in certain positions. And I think um, now particularly people are really searching for that more and more. Um, How about people who are looking to get promoted? How um, how can a focus on their communication skills contribute, do you think,
0: to uh, to being able to get promoted into leadership? Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. I think the public speaking thing is is one of those things that can mark you out as somebody who is ready for a bigger role. If you can stand up in front of people and speak, um, I definitely think that that can mark you out as yeah as as the a, as, a, as a future leader, because people and it's not just being able to speak in public, which you know, some people are nervous about, some people aren't. But I think also it's about a way of speaking that is inspiring. So if you can inspire people, if you've learned how to do that, if you can speak in an inspirational way, I think everybody, all those statistics at like across the world show that, you know, people everybody wants to be led by an inspiring leader, but practically no one is being led by an inspiring leader. Um and I just think if you if you have those skills, as some people do, and some people work hard at, at doing them. Um, it can, it makes it a bit of a no brainer sometimes for people to take you on in in terms of leadership or or help you because you've shown the kind of communication skills that are going to make the difference in their business. Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's interesting to me because so public speaking is something that. I don't know why of all the things that, you know, I've been afraid of doing in my life for some reason, it was not one of them, which is a little bit odd, Um, given how many people are terrified of that versus some of the things I was afraid to try in my life. But um, it really, I don't think is on my radar enough how much public speaking that extends a bit beyond what I do professionally, although I have colleagues in that space. But um, I certainly can see what you're saying in terms of you know, the need to, whether it's, it doesn't have to be public speaking in terms of doing a Toastmasters Mm -hmm. or some, you know, big, big speech in front of a a large group. But although that is required in some leadership roles, but even just to be able to feel comfortable, you know, in front of your team, when there's conflict, there's a certain level of, I don't know if it's self assurance or what that that does sort of come, I find through public speaking and and others that uh, I can see where that would be a great place for people to focus. If, if looking to get promoted into those roles, that's a great tip.
0: Yeah. And you can start at any level at any time of your life. That's mm. the thing.
1: Mm. Yeah. Like with everything, that's my philosophy now, unlike when I was much younger and, you know, wouldn't try anything that I wasn't great at. I've, I've tried to shift into, um, you know, now we're playing tennis um, almost daily with my son and I'm really not very good. And I just don't even care anymore. Whereas years ago, I would never, I would have been like, mm no no go find someone else to play with so I, uh, it's kind of my philosophy with everything in life is It doesn't matter your age it's it's all skills we can develop and it's just a matter of being willing to feel awkward i guess as you as you learn um so i love your philosophy here so where can people check out more of your work caroline if uh, they're interested
0: in what you've shared and they want to learn more well i'm on all the social media channels uh so i'm on linkedin facebook uh twitter from time to time uh um yeah all, all the, the instagram all of those channels and and i i decided at the very beginning of my uh business in in this sort of work that i would keep it very simple for everybody so i'm just all my handles are caroline you aren't you smart <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I just that's wherever I am, I'm Caroline Snow, but I don't have to remember anything, but also hopefully other people don't either so yes s t a w g that's me um yeah, so i I do post on uh social media, I've been a bit bad about doing that lately there's been so much going on, but um yeah so that those are all the the normal normal places you'll find me all
1: right uh so i invite everyone to uh to connect with caroline and follow her work um you know i want to say thank you for for joining me here today and it's been um so deja vu is not the right word a bit of a surreal maybe that's the right word a bit of a surreal experience talking to somebody who has such a parallel life experience so i've never spoken to and uh just really enjoyed our conversation here today
0: yeah i have a great time thank you very much for having me <laughs>
1: And for all the listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode, um, discovering all of our similarities in our career paths and listening to some of Caroline's great shares about how to unlock the powers of communication within your workplace. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it if you'd pop on over wherever you listen to rate and review this episode. It definitely helps more people to discover us. uh, And I appreciate your listening. We'll see you back next week. Thanks
0: for now. You've been listening to the Workplace Communication Podcast with Lindsay LaPaquette. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share and also leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. If your organization is looking to invest in elevating team performance by refining leadership communication skills, you can find more information about Lindsay's coaching, speaking, and consulting by visiting lindsaylapaquette.com.